Thanks, Tyler. Hey, Mike. How's it going? How are you doing today? Good, good. Uh, I hear that you're in uh, sunny Florida. Is that the case right now in Florida? It's decently sunny. Uh, I'm up in the Panhandle area, northwest Florida, and it's it's a different different kind of vibe than most people get from the typical sunshine and beaches of Orlando, Tampa, and Miami, all those good stuff. But it is significantly better than uh, some of the weather up north where I come from. Have you gotten to go to Disney World at all? Uh, not while I've been down here, but I have been there uh, a couple years back. I took a vacation there with some family. But uh, definitely a place I say that everybody should check out. It, it is truly magical. It, it really is, is truly magical. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while since I've heard that. So, yeah. So, uh, so like I mentioned, you are a uh, musician. Where, where did your love of music come from, and uh, how did you manage to get started? And uh, did you play in front of a – or what age – or have you played in front of a live uh, audience, maybe family uh, or anything like that? Yeah, so it started back when I was in uh, fifth grade is when we my, my family got into it because of my mother. So I think I think my father is the one who kind of, you know, somewhere in the bloodline gave us whatever musical ability just because he grew up playing guitar uh, since he was a teenager and his mother uh, grandmother got him a guitar. But, you know, then he went to school and everything, so he kind of let it go. And then, uh, you know, met my mom and we had they had the kids. And uh, he didn't he didn't pick it up until we picked it up. So my mother came across this thing in the newspaper called the School of Rock, the Paul Green School of Rock, which was a performance based program, and it still is to this day. It's just it's more corporate now, so they they call it the School of Rock. And uh, that's how we got involved. So she found this this little note or this little flyer in the newspaper, and she's like, "Hey, this would be really cool. You know, you know, would you guys want to check this out? Would you guys want to?" All we have to do is just an open house. We could go look and see and see what it has to offer. Because at this time, you know, fifth grade, me and my brother and, and uh, we were all doing flag football, you know, the typical sports that kids grow up doing through the school systems. And my sister was doing the cheerleading thing. And uh, so my mom got this crazy idea to do this open house for a performance-based program for music. So we go. It was in the summer of that year, 2007. And... Uh, we check it out. It's a nice open house. They have uh, instructors, local artists, like some of the most talented artists that to me are still very influential in my life and, and great friends that were basically just the instructors for this place. So they are local musicians that are going to teach students how to play music, rock and roll music. And it's a, a weekly 45-minute lesson. And on top of that, you have a three-hour rehearsal every week. So whether that's – and the three-hour rehearsal is for a show. So every season they do a show. So for – for example, uh, we started off very early with the School of Rock doing classic rock, you know, ACDC, The Beatles, uh, Pink Floyd. So you would do these three-hour rehearsals with these other groups of kids that you have no idea who they are, just strangers, and you get to, you know, all play music and learn these songs. And, and uh, getting to the point, that's how we got involved. So my mother got us into it. We went to this open house. We fell in love. Uh, my brother picked up the drums. I wanted to play the drums, but I got shy in front of the drum instructor. So as I was walking out thinking I wasn't going to play anything, uh, I came across the bass, the bass room and met the bass instructor who said, hey, man, you got nice little fat chubby fingers. Why don't you come check out, check out this uh, instrument called the bass? And uh, from there, I picked up the bass. And then from that, all the way pretty much 10 years later, till we grad 
graduated high school and, and you know, 18 years old, we had an undesirable love for music, and it basically swallowed our it swallowed our lives, consumed our lives, and it, it definitely consumed a lot of my my parents' money. Uh, so they were very nice to be supportive and, and put all their energy and resources into us having whatever we needed, music, equipment, and it was so kind of them, and we really were lucky, and uh, that's how the music came about. So uh, it just was really some of the coolest experiences with that. And then, you know, plenty of shows came about playing through this program that was offered and uh, a lot of cool experiences. So uh, that's how I, that's how I got into music and it's been with me ever since. It's a, it's a bug that I can't get rid of, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, you mentioned that your dad uh, did not pick up the guitar you said for a long time, correct? Correct. That is true. So uh, does he regret having that amount of time till you said just a week ago of him just putting it down. I know that there are priorities, but does he still regret having not uh, done it ever since then? Uh, I don't know. That's actually a, that's a very good question because I never really asked if he ever regretted letting it go. I think I think like you said best, it was just was priorities at the time, you know, because he was going through schooling and then he got out and he, he went through extensive schooling to, to for his profession that he is in now, but. Um, I know that uh, time, times did, for... Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I, no, I was just going to say, I think the, the space that where he took the school over the music came, and the fact that it came back because of my mom and, and got us all back into it made it uh, a lot much more um, great of a thing for him and, and all of us to play it again. Uh, are you, so are you and your dad uh, starting to, to play together? Oh, man. we My dad and I... We, we jam out, you know, we, we rock out. I know uh, it's hard just because, you know, I, I don't live at home anymore and neither do my brother or, you know, my, well, my sister's kind of there or not, but we always had grown up playing in the basement with my dad, you know, just, and the funny, let me, Mike, let me tell you the funny thing about my dad. He's a goofy guy and the dude, he can play guitar. So when we go try to jam with him, it's not really a jam because we're just sitting there, you know, Jake's on, my brother Jake is on the drums and I'm on the bass or whatever. If I'm on the drums and Jake's playing guitar and singing, my dad's just sitting there ripping away soloing the whole time. The guy just, he just, he loves to solo and he, he's really good at it, but he's in his own world. And it's the funniest thing to watch when he, when he plays guitar. So we do jam as much as we could when we're all together, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, I know that we were talking yesterday. Um, you're from uh, Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, <clears throat> so can you tell us the story about how you uh, landed in, in Florida? Yeah, absolutely. So it's, a, it's an interesting story, Mike. I'm going to try to make it not too extensively long. But so, No worries. All right, so we grew up playing, we grew up playing music all our lives, right, Mike? And uh, as we get towards the end of... of uh, high school and, and coming to the age where, okay, the majority of people go to college, right, or, or do whatever they do that's necessary for them or what they want to do or even what they're told to do by their parents. Uh, we had to start thinking about schools. So my brother's two years older than me, and uh, so he did a – this all plays a part in the story. So he did a, a year at Tulane University in New Orleans, uh, his freshman year. I was in 11th grade at the time. So I wasn't thinking about school just yet. You know, we were starting to, you know, standardize tests, all that stuff. But 
I didn't have to worry about anything just yet. So he did a year at Tulane, came back after that year, didn't like it, wasn't down with the the, the college scene because my brother and I, we didn't grow up uh, going to high school parties, drinking, doing any sort of drugs. We didn't do any of that. We just focused on hanging out and playing music, okay? That's all we like to do, and uh, that's what we did. So obviously in Tulane, you know, in New Orleans, you got a very big party city, and uh, a lot of the college kids are surrounding themselves with drugs and alcohol and things of that nature. So my brother didn't fit in very well, didn't like it. He was very, very smart, and he didn't get along with a lot of the teachers and, and a lot of their teaching uh, habits or their beliefs and things. So he came back. He started doing uh, community college and doing, you know, like uh, paramedic EMT coursework. At, at this time, so that's his, you know, he's going into his second year of college, his sophomore year. I'm entering my senior year, and I have to start thinking about what I'm going to do. So I applied to my colleges, and uh, even though my brother didn't like Tulane, you know, down in New Orleans, my parents fell in love with the city. They absolutely love the city, and it is a wonderful city. Uh, so they said, hey, Tyler, you know, just apply to this school called Loyola University. It's literally next door, literally right next door to Tulane University. And they said, just apply and see if you get in. And if not, no big deal. We'll apply to another school. So I apply and uh, apply to some other schools. But when I got the application or when I got my letter back from Loyola, they also sent it with a good scholarship. It was It was a very good scholarship that... Uh, to be honest with you, like, I don't even know how I got the scholarship, but um, I got it, and my parents were like, hey, you know, you really should look into this because it's a great scholarship. It's also in New Orleans. You'll love it, and uh, let's take a trip down there. Let's go down there for a couple of days, do an orientation, see how we like it. And uh, at this time, my brother, so right now we're in about, I'd say, the spring season of my senior year, right, getting to the, the final decision time of what school you're going to go to. So my brother looks at me. He's like, hey, man, let me come down there with you so that you don't get the wool pulled over your eyes. He said those exact words. Let me come with you and dad so you don't get the wool pulled over your eyes and do something stupid and, and regret it later. Yeah. I was like, no, 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 no. You're, you're not coming with me. I don't need you to come with me. I'm not going to get the wool pulled over my eyes. I was such a, a stubborn senior high school kid. <laughs> and uh, so, so then my dad and I just went alone, and we went down to New Orleans for five days. And looking back on it, I got the wool pulled over my eyes because I fell in love with the food, the music, the 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 beauty of the city. It's a very cool city. And then even the college itself was very nice, a, a relatively small campus, but it was beautiful and everything. So that that day on orientation day, I, I literally enrolled to go there for the fall of 2015. And uh, that was it. So I was all ready to go. We had down payments and everything, so I came back, and uh, immediately Jake knew. He just looked at me, and he knew that I, he knew that I enrolled in everything. And uh, he's like, "You made a big mistake. You're gonna regret it because you're not gonna be able to play music. A lot of the clubs down there, you have to be 21 years and older to even get into. So by the time you're that age, you're already gonna be near the end of your college career. It's a waste. You're not gonna fit in with the kids and the drugs and the alcohol because." You know, you're, you know, I know you like that, and you're going to hate it. And I said, no, man, no, I'm going to love it. I'm going to love it. <laughs> and uh, it's so funny because at this time, my brother was uh, still figuring out what he's doing with his life. And out of nowhere, kind of for most of our family and friends, he just 
he dropped the ball and, and said that he was enlisting into the United States Army. So uh, that was his plan from this point on. Now, at this point, it was it was kind of a lot of turmoil going on in the household because for our family and being a, a relatively middle-class family, you know, the parents, my parents didn't have much growing up. So they really worked hard to give us everything they could, and they absolutely did that. Yeah. They, they did such a great job at taking care of us, and they wanted to, to have what they never had. So to hear things like, you know, your son is going to join the, the military is not the easiest thing for them to hear. Um, even though they have plenty of brothers and sisters that have served, they just didn't want it for their son. You know, as a mother, you don't want to hear or have those thoughts of the dangers that your son could get into. So it was a lot of turmoil going on in the household for a very long time, Mike, very, very long time. And, uh, you know, Jake at this time was like, hey, man, you know, look, I know you're enrolled, but I want you to come talk to a recruiter. Come talk to a recruiter and see what they have to offer. You don't have to do anything. You make no commitments. You just walk in. These guys, they're the coolest recruiters I found. I went to some other ones. They were, they were awful, but these guys that I found – are really honest. They'll tell you that you know what you want to hear, and they're, they're laid back, cool guys. I said, Nah, I'm not doing that. <laughs> no way, ever in my life, absolutely not, will I join the military. It's, a, it's just I can't even think that you would even think that I would think about that. So uh, <laughs> it, it was it was so funny, especially now that I'm here. That so um, never say never. I after suppose, that happened, yeah. yeah, I know, right? So. <laughs> Uh, so after that happened, um, we went on about a week or two. So, so, so much was going on. There was, like I said, there was so much turmoil going on in the house, a lot of fights, arguing back and forth, things going on. And uh, it started to make me think, you know, I don't know what happened. It just was like, you know, maybe this is a bad decision. I think going down to New Orleans is going to be a bad decision, and, and Jake was right. So um, something got into me, and I just withdrew everything. I withdrew all, all the payments. My, my uh, enrollment, all the things that I had planned, I, I revoked, uh, and uh, I was not going to Loyola University anymore. And it's funny because I remember I told my mom, you know, because I'm very close to my mom, and I told her, and she just she just was crying. Like, to make problems worse with Jake being in the Army at this point, and now to hear that I'm dropping out of uh, Loyola without even having gone, if you will call it dropping out, <laughs> uh, she just... I just broke her heart even more, and she was tear crying the whole night, and then I went upstairs to my room, and my dad came home from work, comes upstairs, he's like, hey, T, why is, why is mom crying? And I said, Dad, I'm not going to Loyola. I dropped out of Loyola. I, I withdrew everything. And, the dis- Mike, the disappointment that I saw in my father's face and his eyes was something I'll never forget for the rest of my life and something, I re- you know, it's, it's just one of the most hurtful things for me to have to see because he didn't say anything. He just... Looked, it just looked at me when I said that, dropped his head, walked right out. And it was, it was so bad, man. I, I cannot tell you how bad it was just to know that I just did that to him. Yeah. And um, But so, you uh, have to keep moving forward, right? So yeah. what's that? So uh, not, not to get into your personal business by any means, but has the turmoil been uh, patched up? Oh, absolutely. I, and I'm like, I'm going to get into that. It, it, it has significantly changed, a complete 180 reversal. And uh, it's actually good that things are better now. Yeah. But yeah. for the time that this was all going on, it was insane. So, you know, after that, you know, the next day I'm like, okay, well, I, I'm already committed. I know what I want. So let me, let me figure out the next thing, what's best. So I 
looked up, uh, I have a, a buddy that goes to uh, Akron University in Ohio. And um, for some reason, it just stuck out to me, you know, to, to, to look into it uh, as a school option. So the University of Akron is something that I went to go visit with him. I went to a class with him, and it was, again, just something I liked. I was like, this is a cool campus. I like this. I think I could do something here. And, and the benefits in my eyes were this. I'm going to be close to home because Akron was only about 40 minutes away from home, 40 to an hour away from where I grew up. So I'm going to be close to my mom and dad. It's also going to be near all these other Ohio universities and colleges where my friends from high school are going. So obviously in the back of my mind, music is the only thing I want to do with my life, right? So I'm going to be close to all these universities so I can go around, I can play, I can do whatever. I'm just thinking big, big, big dreams at this point, you know. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to do all this and that. And um, so I enrolled to go to Akron. And I put down money and started planning my dorms and, and everything that goes into the, the process of college for that. And then uh, about two weeks go by, and we had probably, I would say, one of the, a very big family argument. Uh, just like I said, there was so much up, upset from my parents about Jake being in the military and uh, me dropping out of Loyola. And, um, you know, my mom was going to be happier that I was going to be closer at home. But two weeks later, we had this fight, and I was like, man, you know, what am I really doing with my life? And... Uh, I just had a lot of uh, thoughts to myself, and uh, I came to the, the, the realization that I think if I go to Akron, I'm going to go, and I'm not going to focus on my school. I'm not going to focus on my grades. I'm literally just going to go for myself to play music and do nothing but waste my dad's money because he would be paying for it. And if there's one thing I don't want to do is waste my dad's money. So when I realized that, I was like, this sucks. This really sucks because I can't just go there, waste my dad's money, and, and – you know, just focus on what I want to do with my life. Uh, so what I did the very next day was go to the recruiter's office with my brother. And uh, I, I, I enlisted. I'm pretty sure I enlisted that next day because they have a test that you take. Usually you go to the recruiter's office and they set you up to take this test. It's called the, it's called the ASVAB. Uh, it's like a military aptitude test to see what job you can get. Sure. Um, my brother enlisted in the Army, and I was like, well, I'm not going to join the Navy or the Air Force or the Marines because I want to be in the same branch as my brother. Being very stubborn, he told me, hey, check them all out. See what they all have to offer. But I was very, like, stubborn. No, I'm not doing that. I'm just going to go into the Army. So, anyway, about the ASVAB test, I took it in 11th grade, uh, which was very nice because when I walked into the recruiter's office, right then and there, they could show me what jobs I had available based off my results because the results are good for two years. Uh, the only reason I took it in 11th grade was just to get out of class because it was like a, a whole half day you could get out of class taking for the test. Which, Mike, to be honest with you, when I took that test, they, I didn't know it was a, a, a military career aptitude test. I thought it was just a career aptitude <laughs> test. Like, oh, you take this, and maybe it'll show you what career you'll get when, you, when you're older. I was like, okay, cool. And I get out of class for that? Okay, sign me up. So I took it. And uh, getting closer to the end of the story, so... I enlisted, I joined, I signed up for my job, and um, to make matters worse, not only was one of her sons joining the military, now two of her sons are, so I can't even explain or describe how much problems I caused or we both caused and, and the emotions that we put on my mom and the stress. I mean, just the unfathomable stress that she went through. And uh, 
it was awful because we were shipping out that summer. Literally, I, I enlisted, and a month later in June, I shipped out for uh, basic training, and Jake shipped out in May. So it was just a very hard time, very a big struggle for the family. And um, getting back to answer your question, did the, did the problems ever resolve, you know, the turmoil and everything? Yes, it did, because when we graduated, my mother and my father came down to visit me and Jake, and uh, they became very proud. You know, they, my mother has brothers that served. My dad's father and his brother both served. So they had nothing against the military or service, but for their own sons, it was very problematic. Yeah. Uh, but when they saw us at graduation and they came down to visit us, and, and, and they were so proud. I couldn't, and it was so wonderful to see the, the change, just that, hey, you know, this is good that they're not wanting to kill us or wanting to, you know, kill themselves over the stress that we put them through. Not literally, but uh, they were very proud of us, and they still are to this day, and they support us 100% with whatever we do. And uh, because of that, long story short, I enlisted into the United States Army. I've been in for two years, and uh, I got about a year left before I will get out. And um, right now I'm stationed in Florida. So that's how I ended up in Florida. I know it was a long story. I want to thank you, Mike, for listening to that and, and all your listeners because uh, I don't. I like to listen more than I like to talk, but that is the story on how I ended up well, in Florida right now. Well, that's the time. I think that we'll have to finish. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, geez, I hope I didn't waste 30 minutes. No, no. <laughs> no, 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 ab- absolutely not. So uh, I like the, the happy endings to a story like that. That's, that's pretty cool that uh, – your parents, that you guys put your parents through stress, and then they all they made a 180, and now they support you in, in anything that you do. Um, yeah. I think that uh, every son puts their parents through that at some time in, in their life, uh, no matter what it is. Um, maybe more drastic than others, but uh, I can tell you stories about how, how that happened with me. But um, I think that that's just something that kids do to their parents, because I'm sure that, they're, that they did that to their parents at some time. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's just, it's natural, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I'm not promoting it, I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I don't promote it either uh, for yeah. anybody, but, you know, <laughs> it happens. <laughs> it seems to be a never-ending cycle of that. Unfortunately, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Real <laughs> I life. just hope, hopefully, hopefully it doesn't happen to me if I ever have kids. I don't want that circle to come back to me. <laughs> uh, never say never, buddy. That would be bad. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so, what are you... So what do you plan to, to do after you get out of the Army? Are you going to hit, hit the music scene hard? Uh, do you plan on staying in, in Florida at all? Uh, I do not plan on staying in Florida. I plan on going back to Ohio uh, to focus uh, more than 100% on, on what I want to do with my life. Because, yeah, like, this is, this is what I've realized, and this is what's so important to me, is that, um, you know, we, we have our lives, and, yeah, you can live it for long, but you never know when you're going to die, right? And Absolutely. I'm gonna get cheesy here, but you don't know when you could you could you know leave this this world at any moment, any any moment's notice. And because of that, why would you live your life not doing what you want to do? Why would you live your life because someone else tells you you have to do this or or why would you not follow what you're passionate about, right? Yeah. And I'm passionate about music, so I have no choice and no desire to do anything else but focus on my music, whether it whether I'm living on the streets playing music or whether I'm I'm somewhere successful. I'm going to work as hard as I can and until it kills me to get where I want to be to, to yeah. whatever level of success that I find happiness at. 
and that's what I want to do with my life. And once I get out, that's what I'm going to do with my life. And I'm working every, every second or as much as I can right now while I'm in to get to that point or be prepared for that point because it's going to be a drastic difference when I leave the military and enter Good for you, man. Uh, Good on my own, doing my own thing. Yeah. Uh, so that's what I plan on doing when I get out. So um, to go along with what you're saying, um, I like uh, what you have on your, on your Facebook for your fan page. Uh, I made a choice that put me down a path that I do not belong in. So with that, I say to you, follow heart, follow dreams, work hard, and be who you want to be. I like that. Thank you. I, I'm, I'm, I'm actually really happy that you actually took, took, took the time and, and noticed that. It, it means a lot. Thank you very much, Mike. So uh, what advice, uh, I know that you're still trying to, to make it to the music scene yourself, but um, for anybody who also wants to go on the music scene, what advice would you give to someone who um, wants to do what, what you're trying to do? Oh, wow. I, hey, like you said, man, I'm, I'm still so, so brand new to everything. I'm only you know, 20 years old, so I, I, I'm, I don't want anyone to think I have it all figured out because I really don't. I know I talk to like my sister or, or a lot of my friends. They they have no idea what they want to do with their lives or things of that nature. And uh, I just happen to know what I want. I uh, I know what I'm passionate about, and I know that I don't want to regret not doing something that I love. So for me to give advice is so it's so shocking. But uh, for people entering the 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 industry that I'm in as well, it's very as anybody knows it's it's a super hard industry, um, and. Uh, I think a lot of people take the approach of they're in it to do it for the money. They're in it to do it for the fame, which is the wrong reasons. And uh, Absolutely. to this day, people, people always bring it up to me. And I, I really, it really bothers me uh, because it's not what I do it for. I do it for mainly myself, selfishly. I think I write music and I create music because it helps me with what I go through. It's just ex based off experiences in my life. But I have a bigger thing about also doing it for the people out there in this world. You know, people who can connect to it, people who can be brought together, people that I can be uh, connected to uh, because of it, and and hopefully reaching a platform that will allow me to speak on a a much larger scale, get a positive message out there, and uh, just you know make a difference in this world in a in a positive way. And I think that people in this industry should focus on that and not so much doing it for the wrong reasons, and and even that. Uh, do it for yourself, but make sure you put in the work because you got to put in the work to get where you want to be. So if, for example, like you asked, the advice I'd give somebody entering the music industry, it's, it's very hard and it's going to, it's going to tear you up and it'll probably eat you and swallow you up. And that's probably what it's, it's doing to me. But don't, if it's truly what you love, don't, don't let it go and it, fight for it until it kills you. I mean, there's no point because you're gonna. Everyone's gonna die one day. Everyone ends up six feet under the ground. So, you might as well live your life how you want to live it, and not how people tell you to live it. So, just chase a dream and, and work hard. That's what I would give uh, advice to anybody who would be in my situation as well. So, uh, are you currently working on uh, anything uh, right now? Are you uh, hoping to release a album soon at all? Yes. Good question, Mike. I like that you asked that. You're you're very very good promoter. <laughs> Um, so actually what I just released was an EP called what we want to feel, uh, it was a four song EP that I put out, uh, first time digitally distributing it. I usually just burn CDs or get them, you know, produced or make them myself. 
uh, and release them because I put out an album called From the Outside Looking In, only physical copies, so I just dished them out for free, right? I didn't have any sort of mixing or mastering done on it, so I was just giving it away to free because the quality wasn't where it should have been. So I just made 250 copies, and I just handed them out to everybody at work, to family, to friends, whoever wants them. You can go back on my Instagram and see that I'm just throwing them out for free, whoever wants them. And, uh, you know, it's funny, Mike. Today I got a, a notification on Instagram of a, a person just who came across the video from Hawaii and just wants a free copy of the CD that I put out. I put it out last year in November, so about a year ago, 2016 oh, wow. November. And uh, I still have very few copies left. But I put out this EP uh, in August, uh, and it's digitally distributed, so it's on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, wherever you want to find it, you can get it. And uh, the thing that I'm working on now, the project that I'm working on now, is the album from the outside looking in that I released last year. I'm remixing and remastering it so i'm going to release it digitally and it's going to be for free and it's going to be remastered so it's going to be at the quality that people should expect or people should want out of it because nobody wants to listen to you know low quality stuff so i i'm working on remastering it and it's going to come out late december early january uh same platforms spotify itunes apple music all the good stuff we would definitely be be looking out for that, and um, I'm glad that uh, you're you're doing what you're doing. Um, I knew that uh, I had to get you on on my podcast because of of what you're doing, and um, I do thank you so much. Uh, not not to be redundant here, but thank you for for doing what what you're doing uh, by serving our country and also with with the music and and all that. And um, so I just uh, thank you for for everything that you're doing. Absolutely, Mike, and, and let me do the same because I, because what I see with you is, is everything that I preach. You know, I see someone who's passionate about what they're doing with your podcast, and I can't thank you enough for bringing me on here. This is, to be honest, this is the first time I've ever had somebody, you know, be so gracious to even let me on a podcast, but yeah. just ask me questions or want to know my life, and it, it means so much, and I feel so bad that I'm, you know, I'm not asking you questions, you know, because I want to get to know you more, but well, um, this is... This is a wonderful experience, and, and uh, maybe maybe after we uh, get get done here, we'll we'll chat. Absolutely, but thank you for having me on. It means it means everything uh, to have you listen, and, and for all of you listeners out there, it means so much. And, and keep following Mike; he's doing good. He's got great podcasts, and uh, thanks for tuning in. And uh, if you guys out there have a have a dream, follow it. Don't let anybody tell you what to do. Live your life. And uh, don't regret anything. Follow what you're passionate about and work hard for it until you die because it's the only thing that matters in this life. So, Amen. Thank you so Amen much, Mike. Amen to that. Uh, God bless yeah. you, sir. And um, I wish you nothing but the absolute best of luck uh, with your music career. I hope that you do come to Absolutely. Kansas City someday, though. Mike, I will, I will get you backstage tickets, <laughs> VIP experience when I hit up Kansas City. All right, that is my promise to you right here, right now. So, and you have it on proof. You have it on and the I podcast. Have it, and I if have I ever come to Kansas City. Absolutely. Exactly. You, I will let security know. You just show, you, you, when you get to security, you show them the podcast <laughs> and say, look, I knew this guy. This is, this is my homie. And he said this, so I got to get it. And boom, I'll get you in free, free of charge. Will you come <laughs> back sometime, uh, maybe like a year or two from now, and let us uh, interview you again and let us know what, what you're up to? Absolutely. I would. Anytime you want to interview me, Mike, because you are the first one to take interest in, and to be so kind to let me on your podcast, which is, again, so gracious. I will do 
I will come on your show whenever you want me to come on your show. <laughs> I don't right. care where I am, what I'm doing. I will, I will make the time for you. All right. Sounds good. I, I appreciate that, buddy. I really do. And uh, like I said, good luck with everything. And uh, I'll definitely be keep on listening. I know that my, my viewers will as well. Awesome. You, Mike, I hope you have a wonderful weekend and, and the rest of, of the time until I hear from you next. All right? All right. Thank you so much, buddy. God bless you. Take care. All right. Bye-bye.